When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's the Home Improvement Show. And uh, I'm Martin Bamba, and Jim Smith is right over there. And we are here to help. For real this morning. Yes. We're, we're right. We can see each other. That's right. It's, That's right. We're in studio for for real. That's right. And uh, we, we, we do a lot of these shows from uh, from our home studios, but this morning we decided we wanted to come in and spend some, some face time with Don Cooper Stevens, who's in there uh, producing the show and, and uh, always doing a bang-up job. And yeah, let, me, let me put my shades on so I do not have to see either one of you. <laughs> I was, Where's you know, the love, man? Where's you know, the love? I was going to say something. <laughs> I was going to say something about it's good hearing his voice and close, but not the face. Yeah. But I didn't. I refrained. But, but, but look, he threw the first punch. He, yeah, he, he, he did. did. He did. But see, I have to be careful because if old habits kick in, he's going to be turning my mic off in mid sentence. <laughs> One one of the three of us have an excuse, though, Don. One of the three of us have an excuse if if something slips out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And and it's not us. See, I got uh, two things working for me. I have the the mic, the on and off button, basically. Yep, you and, do, and the delay button. You've well, got it all. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, but see, I don't. You have... You got to keep Don happy. He's got all the control. That's about 15 seconds off. <laughs> but it, see, in my current condition, I don't have to have a delay button huh? to what? delay what? my. What? 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 <laughs> I, see, we can't hear you at all. Right, right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you got to make Don happy. Got to make Don yep. happy. Well, anyway, we appreciate you guys out there uh, in Radio Land giving us a listen this morning and, and uh, making us a part of your Saturday morning. We love uh, love spending time here answering your home improvement questions. After all, that is what it's all about on the Home Improvement Show. Phone, num- uh, phone number for that is 210 210-599-5555. 55 um just got back from uh regional meetings in las vegas with uh with window world corporate that was a blast had such a good time at the mgm grand and uh two days of intensive uh sessions and meetings and learning and vendor partners coming in and presenting and kind of learning the, the you know the state of things uh in in uh, the business right now and, and one of those things we're going to talk about on the show today is the energy saving tax credit and and what that means and what the requirements are in our region and in fact in all regions and why it may or may not be a money saving thing depending on what you're getting and how much you're getting and and all of that we'll we'll kind of give the rundown it's very convoluted i will tell you that um it's it's very nominal in most areas as far as what you can get back as a tax credit uh can it be good yes 
but is it the best way to save money? Maybe not. And we're gonna we're gonna right. kind of talk about that and and uh, give you the rundown on that. Uh, we also are gonna be talking about some uh, some trends uh, that will help burst boost your curb appeal. I should say some trends that uh, help your curb appeal. Uh, your exterior trends for 2023. We're gonna be talking a little bit about that. Uh, while I was out in Vegas, I didn't tell you guys this, but. The night before we got there, and I, and this is what made me sick. I didn't find out about it until the morning that we were flying out and going to Las Vegas, but we flew in on Sunday. Uh, Saturday night, I found out that the next day, whenever I was seeing clips of the show, uh, we missed a tremendous benefit concert that actually was taking place at the MGM Grand Theater. Wow. Okay. Sammy Hagar. Headlining you, you, it, you, you, your man, my man. He he was he was spearheading this thing like he always does. Kevin Cronin from Ario Speedwagon mm-hmm. was there. Rick Springfield, a uh, very funny comedian. Nikki Glaser was there. Mm-hmm. Paula Abdul was there. Um, Chad Kroger from Nickelback performed. Michael McDonald performed, and John Mayer performed. Oh my! So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> that would have been uh, uh, worth any ticket price. It, it would have, and and Debbie tried to make me feel better. She said, "Oh, Martin, it, it was sold out months ago, and it, it probably was. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm certain it was sold out, and I couldn't yeah. have gotten a ticket anyway. But man, that would have been a good show. Yeah, would. Yeah, that would would've. have been a great show. And and there was some other good stuff going on while we we're out there. Um, uh, n- not Norm McDonald. Norm passed away. Kevin Nealon uh, was playing at at Brad Garrett's comedy club there. But then I heard that he had to cancel for some reason. So anyway, all that good uh, entertainment surrounding us, and we didn't get to go see any of it. We didn't go to any shows while we were there. We did have some great meals, though. Man alive. Wow. We we had dinner at Monomiga B over at the Paris one night. Whew, that was some good food. Um, Emerald's Fish House at the MGM. Fantastic food. Um, great service. Great food. Uh, lots and lots of people there. I mean, lots of people at, uh, at, at, in Vegas in general, but at the MGM Grand. And then also had, had, uh, the pleasure of going out and playing some golf with, uh, with Rob McCann, uh, and Kellen, uh, on the Bally High golf course there. And if you're a golfer and you've never played and you happen to be in Vegas, it is one of the prettiest golf courses you'll ever play. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous rolling, uh, fairways and really nice greens and, and and uh, incredibly challenging, very tough golf course, but a lot of fun to play, and and really and truly one of the better golf courses I've ever ever played in the cool. middle of the desert. Go figure, yeah. right? But um, anywho, uh, we would uh, love to hear from you this morning. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five is the number. Two ten. 599-5555 for your home improvement questions from the roof to the foundation to everything in between. Brother, what's going on with you? Well, uh, getting close with the uh, surgery. You know, um, looking, uh, I, I won't say looking forward to the surgery, but looking forward to the cure. And getting it behind you. Getting uh, Right. Now, I want to uh, tell the listeners that uh, if you call today, I'm getting a lot of jokes from friends and family about me becoming a metal head because they're going to use titanium <laughs> plates and screws to reattach my head. You've always been a metal head, but now right. you're going to literally be a metal yes. head. Yeah. So I want to know 
the best jokes you can ke- tell me <laughs> about having metal in my head. You're asking our listeners to call up and be inappropriate this yes, morning. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, right. I am. Because, like I said, a lot of friends and family are, are, are and I'm, I'm egging it on because, you know, I... I keep my sense of humor through anything. You got a great sense of humor, and I w- just want to see, uh, hear what's the best metalhead joke <laughs> that you know. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Now I'll have to think about that one. I'm Martin Bomber. That's Jim Smith, and we are here to help. Indeed, indeed, we indeed. are. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the energy saving tax credit uh, i know you've you've heard about it we mentioned it in some of our uh television ads that we're running right now currently and uh you know i i don't know if everybody knows a whole lot about these energy tax credits there's not been a whole lot of of uh you know promotion of them that i've seen so uh this has been in effect uh since d- uh I should say that there there's an extension and expansion uh through the to the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act that is has uh, included this energy efficient home improvement credit uh amounted of a lifetime credit of $500. Now this was through December 31st 2022 and it had a different name it was the non-business energy property credit. Uh the Inflation Reduction Act uh, amended this credit to be worth up to $1,200 per year uh, for qualifying property uh, placed in service on or after January 1st of 2023. So all this that we're talking about now, are, are you confused yet? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, what what we're in now started on January 1st of 2023, and, uh, and it's for... for products that are being placed in service in other words installed okay not just bought but bought and installed before january 1st of 2033 2033 10 years okay that's a long that's a long time uh and it's got a new name it's called the energy efficient home improvement credit so that's what we're looking at is the energy efficient home improvement credit uh which home improvements qualify for this energy tax credit well Beginning January 1, the credit became equal to the lesser, again, confusion, (laughs) equal to the lesser of 30% of the sum amounts paid for the qualifying home improvements or the annual $1,200 credit limit, whichever is greater, uh, whichever is lesser. No, you can't go past $1,200. That's what they're saying, okay? Uh, In addition to the aggregate $1,200 limit, uh annually uh there are limits to specific items okay so here's here's where it gets even more confusing and and why i say it may or may not be a money saving thing for you the consumer to 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 do certain things like this there there may be other ways to to save more money home energy audits 150 dollar credit you have somebody come out and audit your energy consumption in your house, and there are companies that do this, it's $150 credit. Exterior doors, $250 per door, up to $500 per year. Now, that could be worth it. Why? Because exterior doors under this uh, uh, this this um, th- this program only have to be Energy Star qualified, which makes sense. 
Because if it's Energy Star qualified, it's qualified in your region. Right. Energy Star has um, has different regions on the map and different qualifications and criteria for being Energy Star rated dependent upon what part of the country you're in. If you're in the north, midwest, south, deep south, there's south central and then there's south. I think there's four regions, I believe. Uh, and if you qualify under Energy Star on the door, this credit is for you. You can take this credit. Now, here's where it gets really convoluted. Exterior windows, okay, skylight, central AC units, electrical panels, and related equipment, uh, natural gas, propane, oil and water heaters, furnaces, or water hot water boilers can get up to a $600 credit. Okay, so if you combine the $600 credit with a $500 credit, what is that? $1,100. Okay. Uh, I don't know where the 1200 comes from, but that's an $1,100 combined total credit that you can get. That's if you're installing two doors in your house and you're installing uh, windows that actually pass the criteria for this program. Now, here's where the problem comes in. The criteria for this program states that the windows must not just be Energy Star qualified, but Energy Star qualified most efficient. And it's those two words that make this program maybe not as appealing as it could be. And I'll tell you why. To reach the most efficient standards on on Energy Star for windows, you have to reach such a level of solar heat gain coefficient and you value that the things you have to do to this particular window make it much more expensive. Triple pane, krypton gas instead of argon gas, which is an extremely expensive gas right now for for, uh, inserting into windows, especially because of the war that's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Most of the krypton in the world comes from Russia and Ukraine. Right. So you can imagine what that's done to the cost of that product, much less the availability of that product. Right. So there's one problem. The the big problem is when you can get a total of $500, sorry, $600 in total credit for Windows if you're installing the most efficient. Now, I'm going to tax your brain just a little bit this morning, okay? So, and I'm not going to speak in in actual numbers, but I'm going to give you an idea of of what this means. Our Energy Star rated and exceeding windows that we sell at Window World every single day, let's say that they run $650 installed, okay? To do the most efficient, the most efficient criteria that they want for this program, we have to upgrade this window to a triple pane, krypton gas-filled window. Foam enhanced. Foam enhanced. Right. Okay. All of those things. Yep. Foam enhanced, krypton gas, triple paint. What I've just described to you is a window that you would install in the most bitter cold climates that we have in the United States. Minnesota, South Dakota, you know, the list goes on. If If it's cold, and I mean really cold, like zero and below for a good part of the winter, this is the window you want. In the south... We worry much more about heat gain and hot weather months. Yes, it does get cold here occasionally, but bitterly cold a lot, it does not. 
That's why Energy Star makes the solar heat gain coefficient, which is the number that tells you how much heat's transferring through that window, they make that a much more prominent criteria than they do the U-value because we want that window to be efficient in the summertime down here. Well, here's the kicker. If you do the triple-pane, krypton-filled, foam-enhanced window, yes, you've increased the U-value factor on that by a by a good bit and certainly enough to drop it down below the threshold that it has to be for this program but you've also kicked your solar heat gain coefficient up a few points which means that you've essentially made your window less effective in the summertime which is not what we want to do here so what the government did is they made one window (laughs) criteria for the entire united states despite the fact that there are multiple criteria under the energy star program for different regions of the united states this this is a problem yes the other problem is the new energy star standards are going to be changing uh here in the near future and when they do what they're going to make for criteria in northern states not in southern states our windows just fine in the south but in northern states they're going to make the the criteria almost unachievable without krypton gas without uh triple pane and they're going to incredibly increase the price to the consumer because these things are expensive upgrades, and they're making them more difficult to build because of the krypton gas issue. So until they can find a gas that is equivalent to krypton, that is more easily accessible and readily available, it's going to be a difficult one. It's going to be a difficult one. But but back to um, qualifying under this program uh with with the triple pane krypton foam filled window so you've reached the the top energy star standard the most efficient again that's 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 the words most efficient whatever that means if you put those enhancements into the window that $650 window now becomes an $850 window or more or more could be a thousand dollars very definitely could be a thousand plus okay and with and, and I'm only talking window world uh, other people out there are selling these windows for $2,000, $2,500, and up to $3,000 a piece right. installed. So do the math. If it costs you $200 more per window, Ten windows, and you buy more than three windows, yep. you're losing money. Right. You are, you are losing money. Okay? You've gotten that $600 tax credit threshold on three windows that will make back the extra money that you paid. So if you're getting three windows... Maybe it's worth it, but if you never, and that's if you never plan on replacing any other windows in your house. If you're replacing a full home of windows, the Energy Star rated window for our climate at the normal everyday price is going to save you much more money than the $600 tax credit that you were hoping to get. So, doors, worth it. It's nominal, it's 200 and Fifty, or it's up to five, two hundred fifty dollars per door, up to five hundred per year. So you, you install a front door, you install a back door. There's five hundred dollars in tax credit. Definitely worth it. But doing the upgrades to make the window uh, qualify for this uh, program is more expensive than getting an Energy Star exceeding window that's already Energy Star exceeding at normal prices. Right. So I I, I know that that may have been confusing for you. Uh, if, if it is, you can go to energystar.gov. You can go to m- multiple tax sites. Um, I happen to be pulling this one off of TurboTax. 
and and talking about it from their site. Um, there there are a lot of other things to to um, talk about on this, and and I and I want to talk a little bit about the residential clean energy credit. This is another factor in this in this program. Uh, it it really and truly can save you some money, but Windows in particular, that's the one I wanted to talk about first this morning and in, in how that may actually end up costing you more money than it saves you. And uh, if you have more questions about that, please call us at Window World 210-767-0995 and Corpus Christi 361-991-4189. Uh, and and our design consultants can answer all of these questions for you and give you more detail about it. But uh, but I I want our listeners to be informed consumers. Right. I really do. Uh, and and of course you can go to windowworldtx.com. Phone lines are open at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten. Five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Get yourself one. Would love to talk to you this morning uh, and answer your home improvement questions. That's what it's all about, after all. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, energy uh, credits that are going on right now, the energy efficient home improvement credits. And there's another side of this program called the residential clean energy credit, uh, and and this is also part of this uh, inflation reduction act. And some of the equipment that's uh, available in this program for for these types of, uh, of of energy tax credits are solar panels uh solar powered water heaters for water used inside the home or at least half of the home's water heating capacity must be a solar water heater uh water for swimming pools and hot tubs does not qualify by the way uh wind turbines that generate up to 100 kilowatts of electricity for residential use geothermal heat pumps that meet federal energy star guidelines Fuel cells that rely on a renewable source, usually hydrogen, uh, to generate power for a home. Now, who has a hydrogen generator in their home? Yes. Uh, also, you got uh, how how much is that credit? Uh, that credit is is I believe a little higher. Um, well, actually, the credit percentage rate phases down to twenty six percent in twenty twenty three. But until then, uh, I'm trying to see what it is thirty uh, percent. Also, thirty uh, percent, and and I think that it's doesn't say where it's capped out at though. That's that's the thing. Um, okay, you can claim a maximum total yearly energy efficient home improvement credit up to thirty two hundred dollars. So basically, it's also in that you know fifteen hundred dollar range or so. The cost difference between a twenty one seer air conditioning system, yeah, or a geothermal unit. Is about ten grand. <laughs> so what you're saying? Difference. So what you're saying is the payback time could be a little lengthy. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I kind of figured that. Kind of figured that. And and hydrogen powered, a hydrogen powered. What did I say it was? Generator. A fuel cell. He, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, battery storage technologies. I guess like the Tesla battery walls. Right. Those also qualify. So, I mean. <sighs> There's and 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 uh, also it asks are roofing expenditures covered by the residential clean energy credit? Uh, generally, expenses made to upgrade or replace upgrade or replace the roof in preparation for installing solar panels and related equipment aren't qualified to claim the residential clean energy credit because they primarily serve as roofing or structural functions. So that's not included in it. So anyway, if you want to know more, check with your tax professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can speak the the language that I don't speak so well, and uh, and and give you more information. This is only for 
informational purposes. I am not a tax professional, but that's who you need to get with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can see why you'd need to be a tax professional to understand all of this. Yes, yes. Okay, let's get to the phone lines, everybody. Uh, 210-599-5555. Let's do Frank first this morning. Good morning, Frank. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. hi I just want about those windows. Uh, is it still taking five or six months to get them? No, sir, it is not. I'm very, very, very happy to say. Uh, All right. Yeah, we're we're back down. I won't say that we're pre-pandemic um, turnaround times, but our, our turnaround times realistic, real, realistically right now are very much closer to six to eight, nine weeks. So oh, good. So okay. much, much better uh, than, than at the height of the pandemic when we were really struggling to get them in in four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm putting my order in. And thanks a lot. Fantastic, Frank. We appreciate you. Thanks for calling this morning. Good morning, Clint. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Yes, sir. Question for you: Outdoor field fencing, the H pipe, uh, pull post, and all that. Uh, what kind of paint do you recommend to paint those that will be durable? Uh, good oil-based paint. Good oil-based paint. Uh, first of all, a really good primer, and then give it a good two coats of uh, of a good high quality exterior oil based paint that's made for metal made for metal any particular color that seems to last longer than others well you know like anything in in our in our climate the lighter the color the better better luck you're going to have well, with longevity but go ahead Jim. well i'll say yes martin's right but i'll say that uh if you paint it brown when it does start uh deteriorating you can't see the rust that's a good point that's a good point Good deal. Right, so I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thanks, Clint. Appreciate you calling this morning. Grab yourself a phone line, too, at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Let's go to Bill. Bill, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Hey, I wanted to tag on, you said, uh, check with your uh, good tax professional when you're going through some of these tax rebate programs. Yes, sir. A few years ago, I did solar and they had special financing that you got, but people failed to realize, and we didn't realize till late in the game, there's a time-sensitive deal that you have to have that tax credit liability satisfied. And if you don't have enough tax credit to go through that, you got to come up with that out of pocket. Otherwise, they dump your original loan back into your other loan, you're like it upside down. So just a little... FYI to people out there, check what, what liability, make sure you get enough liability to cover that within so many years to make sure you're, you're gaining that tax credit. Man, I'll, I'll tell you, that's the absolute truth, and there are so many intricacies and so many criteria to, to qualify for these things that it's easy to fall through the cracks like you did, and, and that's why, really and truly, there's a reason that accountants get paid what they get paid, because they're worth the money. Uh, get a good accountant. Absolutely, sir. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great advice, Bill, and thanks for calling. All right, have a blessed day, sir. Thanks, thanks for you too. Service. You too, brother. Have a blessed day. The caller with the color of the of the fence. Yeah. When I put in my new my new gate, I didn't even paint it. I just waited for it to naturally turn brown. That's that's why they call it rustic. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, but sounds good, right?
Everything from the roof to the foundation is on topic. We'd love to help you this morning. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, we got Don Cooper Stevens in there uh, producing the show, running the boards, and playing that great Beatles music this morning. Thanks for that suggestion, Don. Fantastic. See, sometimes Don knows what I want to hear even when I don't know what I want to hear. And that was what I wanted to hear this morning. I appreciate that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, we're going to talk uh, next hour. Um, don't 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 want to talk about it right now. But we're going to talk about next hour. Uh, some some really uh, cool things that you can do on uh, on the exterior of your home and some exterior trends that are going to be happening this year that will help you burst burst <laughs> boost your curb appeal in 2023. Maybe maybe if you do it right, it's really going to blow it up and burst your curb appeal. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but um, we were talking. In uh, one of the last segments about the energy saving tax credit, and I'm I'm just going to kind of revisit that for just one second. And you know, there's there's the thing that uh, there's lots and lots of questions surrounding this, and 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 one of the questions uh, that that we did answer, and it's one of the questions in this is: Will these energy efficiency tax credits make home improvements more cost effective? And that that was the whole point of the conversation is do your due diligence. Will it make your home improvement more cost-effective? And, and the, the fact of the matter is, in many instances, it will not. not. It will not. And and you, you just have to do what's right for you and your home. And and with the right information in hand, you can do that. Do the math. If somebody is charging you 1800 to $2,000 a window, and you could get a window that's more efficient, or at least as efficient, with with as good a warranty or better warranty for a third of that, is it cost effective to to buy the more expensive window and get the tax credit when the yeah. tax credit is a maximum of eleven hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars? No, of course it's not. And and that's the point I was trying to make this morning because I think a lot of folks uh, because of this tax credit, I, I duped is maybe the wrong, maybe too strong of a word. But they may be misled into purchasing something that is way more expensive than they need to spend and they need to buy in order to get a tax credit that's not even going to come close to offsetting that cost. And that's what we want you to know. It's you know, this is this is what's called the green initiative. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, and and I've got I've got no problem with. You know, giving incentives to people to to make their homes better, and but where I've got the problem is where government is dictating what efficiency is. That's not what government's designed to do. The Energy Star people—that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And when they have criteria that's set out for parts of the country that are that are X, and then <laughs> they're saying, "Yeah, but but to receive this credit, it's got to be." This triple X, triple X. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and and it doesn't doesn't make sense to anybody in the industry. Uh, we like I said, we had our our uh, regional convention in Vegas with Window World this uh, this past week, and we had um, representatives from all over the West Coast and the South Central regions of of the state, uh, and that included Window World dealers. It also included our vendors that we that that manufacture our windows for us. It included our siding vendors, door vendors, and to the person, every single one of us are just incredulous. 
we 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 don't understand where these arbitrary numbers came from or why they they were put out there and we're all in the same boat we we all know that that to to reach those levels it, it's not cost effective it's not cost effective for the consumer and ultimately Whenever prices get raised and you have to add things to a window that don't really benefit you as a customer, you're the one who's going to be paying for them. And 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 I can't speak for everybody, but I think that most good, legitimate companies that are out there want to do what's right for their customer. And and we at Window World want to do what's right for our customer, and that's why we want to educate as to the pluses and minuses, the pros and cons of getting something that qualifies for this program do we have it can we get it absolutely is it what's right for the customer in most cases the answer is no not in south texas not in south texas not here uh now maybe up in minnesota maybe so maybe it is i don't know but i'm talking about our region where we live and where we work and where we play and what you know this this is this is what i'm concerned with and here it's not necessarily the best thing so keep that in mind keep that in mind Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. It's all about you and your home improvement questions and uh, whatever whatever happens to be on your mind home improvement-wise. And that's from the roof to the foundation to everything in between. My name is Martin Bamba. This is Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, this this hour... Typically, phone lines fill up a little faster, so if you got a question, get in there, get in there, get it done, and uh, and we'll get to your phone calls as soon as humanly possible, okay? Uh, let's see here. Uh, we're going to be talking this hour about exterior trends that can boost your curb appeal in 2023. That's going to be coming up this hour and uh, in between phone calls, as time permits, but uh, let's go ahead and get to those phone lines. We've got, uh, got them lighting up already. Juan, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, long-time listener, actually second-time caller. Outstanding. So I've, I've got a, a shed in the back of my, in my backyard. I've got uh, that has uh, cedar paneling, and uh, it's probably 10 years old. I wanted to repaint it, reseal it, I guess. And uh, my painter's saying that uh, the cedar probably because it's so old and it won't it won't soak up the seal anymore or the sealer. Any suggestions? I suggested I just paint it with a different color. Yeah, that's that's one way to go about it. Uh, if it is old and porous, and um, you know, it, what what kind of sealer have you been using? Have you been using like a Thompson's, or what have you been using? Yes, I believe it was a Thompson. Uh, it was a it was a it was a um, uh, sealer, but it had the the stain in it. Right, kind of like stain. I uh, think it was a Thompson sealer. And you're being told that it won't take any more of that. It won't soak it up, I guess, because it's hmm. old. Um, it won't. Um... Typically, the older it gets, the more porous it gets, and the more absorptive it, it gets. So that's confusing to me. Um, yeah, that that and doesn't a, a, unless it's petrified. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, I don't. Not I, there yet. Yeah, I don't think it's quite there yet, I've is never, it? I've never heard that a that cedar stopped taking sealer. The the only reason it would not take sealer is if you had some kind of a uh, uh, 
some kind of a, a, a non-porous coating already put on it. For instance, if you had painted it with a with a latex paint, or if you had if if you had painted it with an elastomeric paint, yeah, then it's not going to take a stain. But if all you've been doing is staining and sealing, uh, you should be able to pressure wash that, stain it, and seal it in in <laughs> ad infinitum. Uh, uh, little caveat: if you used a polyurethane sealer, mm. that polyurethane can develop an uh, impervious coating. Well, yeah, that is yes. true. Okay. I'll have to check and see what we use. I still have the can from 10 years ago, so um, got it. All right. But even we'll with the, even if it is polyurethane, if the last time you stained it was t- 10 years ago, it's going to still take stain. Okay. It should still be absorbent, though. Right, right, right. Um, and what I did for with my deck, deck is that before I restained it, I pressure washed it, and that it really opens opens up the the wood. Okay. Okay, we'll try it that way. Thanks All right. Hey, listen, Juan. Thanks for calling this morning. We appreciate you. You have a good day. You too. Bye bye. All right. Uh, yeah, see, yeah. Go ahead. Like I said, uh, I know staining or pressure washing is not a great ideal ideal with wood, but with the deck, it really etched the layers of stain and sealer that was on it, and it it it, it, it and it d- then took a new coat perfectly. Right, right, and and whenever your whenever your deck is is uh, of a certain age and and it's been coated and coated and coated, eventually you're going to have to pressure wash it right. to to clean it up and get it prepped to to you know to accept more stain. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be really careful, and this is something we've said time and again, whenever you are pressure washing anything, be conscious of your pressure level and be conscious of the distance that you're holding the wand from the surface that you're pressure washing so you don't completely etch and tear up the wood. And allow it to dry completely. Yeah, 100% before you try staining it or sealing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You give it a few days. If it's, if it's nice and dry and, and, and warm outside, give it a few days. If it's overcast and cooler, give it a week, it a week at least. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to Richard. Richard, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Richard. Yo. There we go. I'm so used to doing it. I'm so used to being at home and you pushing the button, man. Sorry about that, Richard. That was my fault completely. How are you this morning? Doing great, sir. Thank God. Doing great. Um, my uh, question was, I have, um, we have a small hair salon here, South Town area, and this building is uh, pretty old, right? Pretty old building. We renovated it as much as we could, and everything's been great for 20 years. We've been in business. Um, my question is, the floor. Um, we've painted the floor because, you know, I understand the uh, asbestos, abatement law the texas you know if you want to replace the floor you have to enclose the whole building in plastic and that whole thing we you know took a took a shortcut and just decided to keep the floor we painted over it but it you know we've been here 20 years like i said uh, we've painted it twice i don't know if i'm using the right stuff or not or the people that i got doing it using the right stuff because it seems to just Flake off little by little. Um, um, is this is this uh, tile floor the old asbestos tile floor? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. It's about maybe I think nine nine by nine or something like that. There's no um, paint that's going to stick. It's designed to be waterproof, so it's not going to uh, totally stick for any paint. But I can tell you this: as long as you don't disturb that tile, you can lay anything over it you want. You can lay hardwood. You can lay vinyl plank you can lay anything you want over that floor as long as you don't make it what they call friable, friable. yeah don't just don't try to chip chip any up of the off the floor you can lay anything on top of it have you considered a a, a good uh, lvp or a vinyl plank flooring for that you know i guess i was just trying to avoid that but i guess it's uh it's on the table now well, it, it will give you a much longer-lasting and and beautiful floor uh, painting of any kind. Whenever you have high traffic areas, I never like the idea of painting a floor. I don't like painting a, a patio. I don't. I I just don't like paint on concrete or on flooring uh, because inevitably, within just a matter of months or or a few years, you're going to have wear areas that just look terrible. And those yeah. and see, like I said, those old uh, commercial tiles were designed to uh, be as uh, water impervious as a piece of glass. They wow, were, I never knew that. They never would, knew that. Uh, no, there's no paint that you're going to get to stick on it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Richard. I will consider, which, floor, which floor would you recommend, Martin? Um, I mean, what's, uh, what's the name that I'm going to be asking at... Uh, my big box store. Well, th- there's lots of different manufacturers now of the LVP. Uh, I'm trying to think what I used the last time I put just, some down. Just a- ask about an LVP or vinyl plank flooring, and they, they can give oh. you all kinds of options. And I recommend highly getting something that has a cork back to it. Yep. Uh, it will it will give you a, a better sound when you're walking on it, and, and not so much of that click click sound that you that you get yeah. sometimes. Yes, yes, I've heard that, and it's annoying. Yeah, yeah it's very okay, annoying. So, so, yeah, cork cork backing is good. You can also get foam backed, but the reason I like cork backing is if you spill anything on it, it's not going to hurt it. If you have a foam back, it's going to absorb the the water, and it, it could be a problem. It could deteriorate it. Yeah, I could see that. All right, Martin, you guys are great. Thank you all for what you do. Hey, thank day. thank you, Richard. I appreciate you calling this morning. I'm Martin Bomba. That's my buddy Jim Smith, and we are here to help. Let's answer some more good questions, huh? Michael, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Martin and Jim. Good morning. Um, morning. I um, recently got a plumber to come out to my house because right now we're thinking about replacing our electric stove with a gas stove. And so our setup is where we have the electric stove and the oven, and then above that, mounted in our cabinets we have a microwave oven and so we were going to get the plumber to run a gas line over to the outer wall of the house and run it down so that we would have the gas coming in for the stove and so one of the things that he told us is that when we get a a gas stove that uh, we would not be able to keep our microwave oven above that stove that we'd have to replace it with a vent hood and uh, he said that he thought the heat would be too great for it 
and um, you know there would be other problems with carbon monoxide and stuff like that. But our microwave oven does have a vent that uh, draws air and goes outside the house. And I'm just wondering if you've ever heard of that or if you think that's correct or not. Well, I do know that code requires that the um, gas stove must be vented. The vent vent hood must go outside of the house. That is true. It cannot be a recirculating vent. That you can't do. But also, I think the microwave has to have a special coating on the bottom, like a heat shield, to protect the microwave. Well, here's what I can tell you, is that there are gas stoves that are sold as as package deals with a with a microwave vent hood, uh, and I know this because I have one. But I think it has to be a special microwave it a, may be. above a gas stove. It may be, but but to say blanketly that you can't have a microwave above a gas stove is is false. He, That's not but, true. But he should have told you if if your uh, vent on the uh, ga- uh, on the microwave is a recirculating vent. You can't do that. You're gonna have to replace your microwave with an, a. a outside exhaust aren't aren't most microwaves though that have recirculating vents also capable of being externally vented uh the newer ones yeah if, if it's if, if it's, it's an older if one it's yeah. several years old no it's just it don't just pulls it in through a filter yep. and it spits it back out right but but many of them today are either or either you or. could do both with them depending yes. on how you how you want to hook it up right yeah well, well, our microwave definitely vents outside the house. There's a vent. It blows the air You'll be outside. fine. You'll be fine. It's already designed for gas heat. Okay. Uh, one other thing about that, uh, is there a, a distance from the surface of the burners on the stove to the bottom of the microwave? Is there a minimum it, distance? It depends on... It depends on the manufacturer because if you got an open flame uh, burner, uh, it's going to be a, a, a higher distance than if you have a gas radiant heat burner, or, so, or a convection, not a convection, con- but a what uh, do you what do you call it, the ones that uh, induction, an induction induction oven. So you're going to have to check with what kind of stove you want, and check with the manufacturer's rated clearances. Okay. Well, uh, this is not going to be in a convection or anything like that. It's just going to be an open flame burner. Is this what we are planning on putting in? Uh, again, so. I think that the best thing you do to do is to check with the, the manufacturer. But I think if I remember the last one I even checked, I, as, uh, about 30 inches is the minimum clearance to the top. To the top, okay. You see, I'm talking about the bottom. No, no, we're, not the not the top. The bottom edge of the uh, of the vent hood or the the microwave or whatever it is from the top of the stove to the bottom of the vent. Yes. Okay. Well, see, that would be that would be uh, that would not be feasible because if it were 30 inches, then my wife would not be able to reach into the microwave oven. Right. It would be so hot. Right. That's why you – and you just need to check with the manufacturer. Um, that's what – because 
I can't give you a, a good uh, number of the minimum clearance without looking at the manufacturer. Yeah. So basically, the, the, the thing is then, you're saying with an open gas flame, it generates more heat than heating elements on a stove. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate that information, and uh, we're, we'll take that and make a decision. It sounds like we can't have a microwave then. Oh, you, yeah, and, and I, I don't – I mean, 30 inches sounds like a lot, but it is. I mean, 30 inches is it, it typically uh, – and, and I'm, 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 I'm scrolling through and looking as we're talking right now uh, – if you have a gas cooktop, 24 to 30 inches above the stove is what it says, but 30 inches is a good rule. Yeah, because see, right now it's just 18 inches above oh, our... Lord. Oh, yeah, no, no, you definitely need to be higher than 18 you, inches. You will definitely burn that microwave up. Not necessarily catch it on fire, but burn out the components in it. Okay. All right. I th- and I think I think they solved that. Don't Martin isn't the standard or the uh, gas gas top microwave shorter than a standard microwave? Typically, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think they take that six six to eighty inches ag- actually out of the microwave. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? But- it's not. It's not. Instead of being a you know thir- or, uh, a twelve or thirteen inch opening in the microwave. It's it's a smaller opening. I understand. Cause see, we we do have another small cabinet above our microwave as it is now, and so uh, we would not be able to raise our microwave without removing that cabinet. Um, it's uh, so. Well, hey, hey listen, right. listen. Uh, I can tell you where he got his uh, got his his information from because I'm doing further research as we're talking here. And it says that the National Kitchen and Bath Association recommends that the bottom of the microwave should be no higher than 54 inches above the floor, which would allow for 18 inches of clearance between the microwave and the typical cooktop height of 36 inches. So uh, it says that some manufacturers allow for smaller clearances. I would never want to do smaller than than 18 inches. But, um, yeah, that's, um, yeah. When you said cooktop, does that mean electric? No. Electric. Okay. No, the gas cooktop needs more. Uh, the gas cooktop yeah. needs 24 to 30 inches rather than uh, 18. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Then we've got some decisions to make. Okay. Here's here's another one for you. And again, just just to confuse the matter even more. And this would be my this would be my stance on it. And I and I tell you this because I personally have a gas cooktop with a microwave above it. Okay. Uh, it says that not all microwaves are designed to go above a stovetop. We know that already. The they're designed to benefit uh, to fit in beneath cabinets or or you know in a wall or whatever. But a vent is absolutely necessary if you're going to install a microwave oven over your stovetop. So read the specifications. Uh, but it says that it doesn't matter if it's a gas cooktop or a non-gas cooktop. Same things apply. 
It okay. says it says the place the placing of a microwave the same this is the same whether you're uh, placing a microwave above an electric range an induction cooker or a gas stovetop. So I can't see that 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 it's going to be any different. I really can't. And and that and I bet if I put a tape measure on mine, it's at the eighteen inch mark. It's not. It's not at thirty inches. So you so you have one at your house. I do. You have a gas cooktop, and it's and it's only eighteen inches to the bottom of the microwave. Uh, I I would not bet on it right now, but I will tell you as soon as I get back over there and I me- I'm going to measure it, and and my guess is it's eighteen inches. I I would think. Okay. I know for sh- I know for a fact it's not over twenty four inches. Well, something to think about, Martin. If you stand up and you look look at thirty six inches from the floor, which is the standard cook type height, then you go up eighteen. Then you go up eighteen inches. You're saying that your microwave, the bottom of your microwave. Is about fifty six inches above floor level. That's right here. Yeah, that's about right. Mine's right here, and, and mine might be. Mine might be a couple more inches. It might be twenty, twenty two, twenty four inches, it, but it's certainly not more than twenty four inches above that cooktop. You know that, see, that's what I'm saying. The national standard is twenty four to thirty inches above the gas. No, eighteen inches is standard. The uh, the the. Uh, uh, the Manufacturer recommends yes, correct. twenty-four to thirty inches. Correct. Right. But well, but the bottom line is your your question to us was can I put a ventable microwave over my gas cooktop? Yes, you can. Absolutely, you can. Yes. Even though it's just eighteen inches above the I, cooktop. So you know what? According to everything that I'm researching while we're talking, yes. But but okay. you know I would do your own research on that. And make sure. But that's what I'm seeing. Okay. Tell me where you uh, found that. Uh, let's see here. There is a, um, yeah, it's called, uh, go to hunker, H-U-N-K-E-R, dot com. Okay. And, or you can just push, punch in what I did, and that was, what is the height, what did I put, uh, what is the, the, the distance between a gas cooktop and, micro, and venable microwave? Okay. And the the length from the height from the bottom of the floor or from the floor to the bottom of the microwave was fifty six inches. That's that's gonna be about fifty six inches, correct. Yeah. Well that's where ours sits right now. I would so. I would be very surprised if that's not if that's not acceptable and not safe. I would be very surprised. I mean, think about how big the flame would have to be. Right. To, to get hot enough to to lick eighteen inches, I mean, that's... well, and, and even still, if you get if you're worried about how high the flame is or whatever, the flame would have to be burning for an, a very extended period of time without a pot on it. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. That's right. Hey guys, thanks for the call. Way up against a break here. Appreciate you calling this morning. And uh, and if I'm wrong. Please call me back next week and tell yes, me I was please. wrong, but yes. I, I don't think I am. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. You very nice. Appreciate you calling. Thank you. And uh, Karen and Perry, hang on. You're coming right up. But Kathy, you're up first right now on the Home Improvement Show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to tell you 
I live in a, a lease, well, it's a garden home. There's garden, home, garden homes here. And it's, I'm guessing it's probably 20 years old, uh, maybe not that old. But anyway, I have a microwave that has a return air vent blowing back into the house, and I have a gas stove. That is not code anymore. No, 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 no. Well, when I walk in, especially if I'm using my oven, I smell gas fumes. That yeah. that is not good. That's not good at good, good at all. Yeah, if well, you and this is a place you're I, renting. Should I tell my landlord? I certainly. Yes, I certainly. Oh yeah, they need to know that that you have a gas odor in that house. Um, it could be extremely dangerous, and yeah, that's something you definitely need to bring to the I attention. Have, I have the, uh, uh, shoot, can't even think what you call them, the fire, uh, the fire, uh, <laughs> smoke alarm. Yes, that's not going to, uh, and a carbon monoxide detector. I do have one of those. Okay, and it's never gone off. Uh, that but d- let me tell you, let me tell you what happened with this microwave. Uh, I had my back burner on, and I turned it down real low. And whatever I was cooking, I took off. And I thought I'd turn the burner all the way off. But since it was so low, I didn't know that I'd left it on. Well, I, I came outside for something, and when I came back in, the, micro, the uh, vent hood was blowing. And, I, and so it must have a safety thing on it that kicked that fan on i would imagine it it does but uh but i'm going to tell you kathy if you're smelling gas in that house first first of all alert your landlord about it and secondly get somebody out there to check it well he has he has a he has people well get them get them out there and if you can get them out there today i would well I just won't use it today. There you go. There you go. Hey, Kathy, thanks for calling this morning. We appreciate you Thank being you a part so of the show. Much. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And thanks for listening. Uh, th- yeah, if you smell gas in your house for any reason, don't chance that. Yeah. Have have a professional come out and check that out and find out why, because that's not normal and it's not safe. Karen, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Outstanding, Karen. How can we help you this morning? Yeah, I wanted to tack on to the gentleman that called just before before Kathy called. And I, while y'all were talking, I measured my microwave above my stove. And my clearance is 19 inches, and it's 57 inches from the floor. And I live in a fairly new home built in 2015 by David Weekly. So I feel like they had to do the code. They did. They, and, uh, they did, so, and that's so you, correct. You, you answered our question. Okay, perfect. That's I why we I love. Measuring while y'all were talking. <laughs> yes, ma'am, and and that's what I that's what I was researching, and that's what I found, and that's what I thought was correct. But I just wanted to verify it, and and uh, glad you did. Thank you. And I think the depth of the microwave to go over the stove or a little, not quite as deep. But I have a really large microwave as far as on the inside, so I. I don't know. I would think he would be okay, but that's not my call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if it's if if that's what it says and that that is code, I guarantee you that was done to code if your house was built right. just a few years ago. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Outstanding. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Karen. Thanks uh-huh. for calling. And uh, let's go to Perry. Perry. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. I was going to shed some light on that subject. I'm a cabinet maker here in South Texas. That. 
minimum requirement that you'll see for a, a microwave vent hood above the stove on 90% of them is 69 inches, or excuse me, 66 inches off of the floor is their minimum, which puts it very low. We typically set them at 69, which is almost flush with the bottom of your upper cabinets that are 54 inches off of the ground. You will not find a microwave that's over 30 inches wide, but you can use them on a 36 inch wide, and you can buy the uh, three inch panels that close up that gap uh, <clears throat> left and right. When you get to the bigger, uh, you know, like the wolves and stuff like that, that are gas, their their uh, gas cooktops or stoves, you cannot use the microwave on there. They do not have enough CFM. Oh, abso- yeah, absolutely food. not. And and when we were talking about using a gas cooktop, I was what I had in mind was a combination cooktop oven. Uh, unit that typically would go underneath one of those. Yeah, if you're putting in a wolf or uh, a Viking or something like that, that's a six burner with a with a griddle on it. Yeah, you're first. First of all, you're not going to find a home that that goes in that's going to have a microwave as a vent. Uh, right. Even if no. you even if you could do it, um, but you're, right. you're absolutely right. It doesn't have the CFMs to handle that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, the other lady that called too with the uh, recirculator on there, they do come three ways. You can you can go straight up, you can go out ninety, or you can recirculate. You cannot recirculate with the gas That's right. uh, cooktop. Yeah, uh, you cannot do that. No, if sir. She's smelling gas. If she's smelling gas, that has nothing to do with the recirculation. She's got a different problem. She's got a leak somewhere. In that, You're dang right. In she does, and 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 that's scary. Yep. That is scary. Yep. Perry, thanks for calling this yep. morning. Appreciate you, bud. You bet. Have a good one. Bye-bye. We we probably don't have time for any more calls this morning, uh, but we do want to talk about some of these uh, some of these exterior trends that uh, will help boost your curb appeal in 2023. We're going to kind of quickly get through them. Um, there uh, there are things that you know sets the tone for an inviting and and hospitable interior beyond the front door. Uh, the exterior is, of course, the first thing that your your guests see, the first impression that anybody passing by has. And uh, in in the South, uh, those things really matter, uh, and and it's why our home's curb appeal deserves just as much attention as our kitchens and living rooms. So uh, the first thing that you can do is give your door a fresh coat. That's uh, yes. immediately yes. will change the look of your house. Yeah, I would say uh, look at a new door. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. But if your door is in great condition, no. I, I understand you don't want to change it out, but maybe you want to give it a new look. Maybe a bold color uh, is is something you've always thought about, but thought, oh, I don't know, man. That's I don't know about that red door, that blue door. Think about it, mm-hmm. because it can really set your your house off and give you a beautiful curb appeal. Uh, the next one is installing natural barriers. Absolutely, yes, yes. Uh, any type of of you know plants and and shrubbery and uh, beautiful flowers, all fantastic things that can add to the curb appeal of your home. My uh, natural barrier to my front door is a, a sixty pound boxer. I don't know that that's what they're talking about, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, hey, adding copper accents is another cool way to go. We were just talking. We were just about talking about that, right? Copper. I love the look of copper on exterior or interior. That just be, keep in mind, if you put it on exterior, it's going to peen. It's going to turn green unless you put a, a completely sealed 
but, but, surface. But on that's it. part of the charm of it is, copper, isn't it? Is. it? That patina that it that it, it changes to whenever it greens up. It, it's yes. kind of the charm of it. Yes. Hey, we are really close to the top of the hour here and getting out of here. But uh, we want you to know that you can reach Jim and myself during the week via email. Jim at J Smith at WendellWorldTX.com. And you can drop me a line with uh, questions or comments or what have you at mbomba at windowworldtx.com. That's M-B-O-M-B-A at windowworldtx.com. And, uh, you, you know, during the week, difficult sometimes to return phone calls. Uh, but we will always take a look at your at your emails, and and within a matter of days, we're, we'll we'll get back to you and answer your questions, or you know, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Had one this week that asked about Chris French and right. French's right. custom uh, outdoor concepts, and I said, yeah, absolutely, I recommend them. Uh, hey, listen, thanks so much, everybody, for being a part of our Saturday morning. We love being a part of yours. Um, I want to remind everybody to go out, practice a little peace, a little love, a little kindness, make the world a better place. And we'll see you next time here on the Home Improvement Show.